Good Friday is Friday, okay? Um, so if it hadn't been for Friday, we wouldn't have had an Easter, right? So really want to encourage you to be a part of uh, a Good Friday service. We are joining together with an ecumenical service over at High Point Church. Um, I'll actually be participating in the service. I'm doing the communion section. But there's several churches that are gathering together at 1 o'clock um, at High Point Church. Um, if you're able to do that, take off work, that'd be awesome. Um, there's also a 7 o'clock service there. It's a bilingual service um, at High Point Church. There's also a 7 o'clock service at City Church, um, if you want to be a part of that. Just encourage you to go somewhere. We've got, we've got uh, Good Friday services over on the east side. I know that's happening. I don't have the time specific or the place right now. Um, but I know New Crossing and several churches are gathering together over there um, if you're on the east side or Sun Prairie. So just want to encourage you to do that. Um, the video that we saw said, invite a friend, change a life. Invite a friend, affect eternity. And can I tell you how important that is for you to be bold enough to invite someone to church it was about 43 years ago, just a little over that, someone, my brother and my sister-in-law, um, came over to my wife and I's, we weren't married at the time, house for dinner. They just returned from Germany, and they invited us to go to church with them the next day. And if it hadn't been for that invite, okay, um, I, I don't know where I'd be. I probably wouldn't be alive today. Um, but how many of you know that was an important invite? <laughs> Our life... Um, and all the things that have been accomplished over the last 43 years, for almost 40 years in ministry. Um, how many of you know that that invite affected my life, our life? I mean, it radically transformed our life, right? That invite radically transformed our life, and can I say this? It radically transformed eternity. I, I mean... I've had the pleasure, and Vicki as well, had the pleasure of, of leading um, hundreds, probably thousands of people. We've had over 1,000 people come to Christ at Metro Believers Church um, since we've been here in 19 or 17 years. But because of that invite, everyone say invite. Because of that invite, um, it, affected, it affected my life, which is awesome. I love it. Um, but it also affected eternity. So... Um, and there are people that their, their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life today because of that, what? Invite, okay? So I just want to encourage you to take these cards. We've, we've uh, made lots of them. So you can take a whole handful. And just, just why don't you just go ahead and put yourself out there? How many of you know we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel, right? Put yourself out there and say, hey, I don't know if you're doing something this Sunday on Easter, but we'd love to have you at our church, okay? I mean, we're going to have a great time. Easter is a very important time around here, okay? If you look at the what invite, okay, on the back it tells you what's happening. We're having a free waffle breakfast, and it's going to be slap your mama good, just so you know, okay? Um, so free waffle breakfast from 8.30 to 9.30. Now, don't show up at 5 minutes to 10 and say, where's my free waffle breakfast, just so you know, okay? Because we're going to have it from 8.30 to 9.30. We need, we need for everyone to have time to eat and wipe the syrup off their face so we can, so we can have church at 10 o'clock, all right? So we're going to serve from 8.30 to 
Um, and I'm pretty sure if you get here just a little earlier than 8.30, um, they may slap a waffle in front of you so you can eat, okay? You can kind of get ahead of the curve just a little bit. Um, also, at 10 o'clock, we're going to have our regular service. Uh, I've been praying about this service for about five, six weeks, and I've been working on it every week, just so you know. And I'm trusting the Lord to use it to impact people's lives for eternity, okay? All right, so just so you know, and we're going to have a, a giant Easter egg hunt at 1145. That's why we need so much help. And I, I, I appreciate you jumping in and saying, you know what, I want to, Easter is a time to serve. And uh, it's a time to get blessed and, you know, fill our faces with waffles and sausage and stuff. But it's also a time to serve. So um, appreciate you helping out. Like Vicki said, if you haven't signed up, you can do so. Um, also, a big event at 9 a.m., is it 9 a.m., Matt? 9 a.m. Um, is our water baptism. Now, just so you know, this is very important in our Christian walk. I'm even saying amen to that. It's very important for our Christian walk, all right? So water, the prerequisite for water baptism is that you have received Jesus Christ, you've accepted the Lord as your Savior, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's not just going to church but it's actually saying, Jesus, I'm yours. Be my Lord, be my leader, be, be everything to me, I surrender, right? So that's the only prerequisite to water baptism, all right, that you have surrendered your life to Christ. Right now, I think we have five or six people signed up um, to be baptized, but here's what baptism is about, just so you know, okay? Water baptism is really about, it's a public testimony of you the Bible says, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my father, right? So when you are baptized publicly, like you will be next week if you sign up, it's a public testimony that I have decided, amen, to follow Jesus all the days of my life. You're making a public statement that I am not ashamed of this. I'm going to serve him. Second, it's a step of obedience, it's you saying, yes, Lord, because see, Jesus said to do it. Did you hear me? I said, Jesus said to do it. So when you do it, you are obeying him. You're responding in obedience to what Jesus has called us all to do. It's a step of obedience. And third, it's a physical sermon. I mean, you actually preach a sermon when you get baptized. You're saying, you know what, I, I am now, I am no longer alive to myself. I am dead to myself. And when I go under that water, I'm coming out alive to Jesus Christ. It's a physical, you preach a sermon when you get water baptized. So, if you haven't done that yet, and you, I mean, maybe you say, well, I, you know, I got baptized when I was a little baby. My parents did that. Uh, and that's cool. I'm, I think that's awesome that your parents wanted God in your life. But there's also biblical precedence for you and I when we decide for ourselves. It's all about, you know, what you decide for yourselves. That, you know what, I, I want to surrender my life to Christ. Nobody else is going to decide this for me. I have decided, Right? And then when you're baptized, there's something powerful about that. So clipboards can come up, and you can pass those out. 
And uh, if you haven't been baptized, we would love to have you be baptized. I think it's a significant part of our Christian walk. Amen? So, um, last week, we had a great time in the Word. (laughs) We kicked off our series, Quiet the Riot, and we found out that it's about silencing the voices that destroy us. Hey, if you don't have one of our outlines, slip up your hands and our ushers will get you one. If you're new to Metro Believers Church, we call these the NBC Notes. And it has the verses that I'll go over. It has the fill in the blank of the points I'll talk about. And uh, you can also follow us along on Version Live. Um, if you want to do that, you can find those same notes there. And you can write some things down and email it to yourself. So, last week I also encouraged everyone to remember the importance of being in church and listening to the Word every week. How many of you know we listen to a lot of voices throughout the week? I mean, we hear it all over the place. We hear it at work. We hear it, you know, at the grocery store. We, we hear it when people are cutting us off on, on, in traffic, Right? We hear all kinds of voices, and it's so important for us to hear God's voice. Did you hear me? It's so important for us to hear God's voice every single Sunday. And I encouraged you about the importance of being at church every Sunday. It's critical. Every week, every week, whoever's up here speaking, whether it's myself or uh, someone else on the teaching team, we prepare, we take this super seriously, and we prepare every Sunday, kind of like a culinary chef, that's preparing a balanced meal and a healthy meal for you. But here's the deal. Last week I said the devil doesn't want you to hear it. He doesn't want you to hear what God has to say for you. He doesn't want you to get the spiritual food that we need to deal with the issues that we have to face every single week. So he's going to do everything he can to steal, kill, and destroy. And sometimes even when the word is sown, he'll come and try to steal it from you. So I encourage everyone to be in church and, and, and do everything you can to hear the word and to be available because we want to help you win and dismantle the schemes and the plans of the enemy in your life every single week and to face the spiritual battles that you're dealing with. Here's the good news. Here's the good news. The greater one lives on the inside of us. Amen? I said the greater one lives on the inside of us. And The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? If we understand that and we're reminded of that every single week, it'll help our week go a whole lot better. Can somebody say amen? So how many of you are ready to study the Bible? How many of you are ready to get deeper into the Word today and let God mess with you? I don't want to re-preach last week's message, but I do want to establish some principles that we laid last week in our intro so we can get to what we want to talk about today. This whole series, the Quiet the Riot series, is all about um, the things that come out of our mouth. In this series, we want to discuss the words that we say and the words that we hear. Everyone say words. Usually, usually the things that we say is based on the things that we hear. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The words that come out of our mouth oftentimes literally are destroying the dreams in our heart because we don't understand the importance of 
the words that we speak. The Bible has a whole lot to say about the power. Everyone say power. The power of our words. Last week, we established that the things that come out of our mouth are literally framing our own world. They're framing it, just like a carpenter would with a hammer and nails. And last week, we looked at a couple of verses that I think is so important for all of us to remember. And I'd encourage you to meditate on and read and pray through these verses. First verse is Proverbs 18.21, where it says, The tongue, talking about the words we speak, the tongue has the power. Notice it has power, has the power of life and death. Notice, the words that you speak either create or destroy. That's what the Bible says. They either build faith or fear. They either bring life or death into your marriage, into your relationships, into your finance, your families, even your church. The words that we speak about those things are literally building or destroying. What are you saying about your marriage? What are you saying about your spouse? Over the last few weeks as I've been studying for this series, I've caught myself saying things that are destructive and they're not life-giving. They don't bring life, they bring death. They sort of set the stage or set the tables for, for death or, you know, arguments or conflict. And I've caught myself starting to say things to Vicki that I thought, you know what, that's not life-giving, that's not a life seed. How many of you know we, we either plant life or we plant death by primarily our words, our attitudes, and our actions? And so we're constantly sowing seeds in our life. Our life is like a garden. You've heard me talk about that before. What, what kind of seeds are you planting? Proverbs, Proverbs, another verse in Proverbs, talks about the mouth and the words. 13.3 says, those who guard their lips, in other words, they're serious about making sure not just everything they think comes out of their mouth. Those who guard their lips or their words, those who put a sentry, a guard, a police officer, if you will, over their lips to protect the words that come out, check this out, they preserve their life. How many of you want to preserve your life? But... Everyone say, but. <laughs> but, in other words, this is serious stuff, but those who speak rashly, or in other words, they just let anything come out, will come to ruin. That's what the Bible says, will come to ruin, see. And there's a foundational principle about the creative force of the tongue way back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Let's read that real quick. And we'll move on. Genesis 1 says, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless, underline that. It was empty, underline that. And it was dark. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, circle that word, hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And verse 3 says, And God said, He did what? God said, Notice, the Spirit of God was hovering, and it was empty, it was formless, it was dark, and God said, let there be light, and guess what happened? There was light. And if you read the entire chapter, you'll see God continually said, and it was. 
Notice, nothing happened until God spoke. And because God teaches us in Proverbs and throughout the Scripture that, that we are sort of created in His image, not sort of, we are, um, in His image, nothing happens in our life good until we speak the Word of God or in line with what God said. See? That's why it's so important for us to know the Bible. That's why it's so important for us to study the Word. Not because you have to, but because you get to. It's not a got to, it's a get to. And as we start to reprogram the way we think and the way we were raised, life comes. Because we understand the importance of what we say. See, some of us, some of us, if we look at our lives, we'd say, you know what? <laughs> yep, formless. <laughs> yep, empty. <laughs> yep, dark. But God, what if the Spirit of God was just hovering over your life, waiting? Everyone say, waiting. Come on, let's say it together, waiting. What if the Spirit of God was waiting, hovering over your life, waiting for you to speak words of life into your marriage and into your dreams and into your hopes and into your finances and into your relationships? What if he was waiting for the creative you to speak to your world? What if, what if he was waiting for you to speak peace to your chaos? Amen? What if he was waiting? Notice, nothing happens in our world until we frame our world by the words that we speak. Questions today are, are, are the words that you're saying either, are they destroying or are they creating? Are they building or are they destroying? Notice, last week we talked about our life follows our words. Notice that. Our life follows our words. It's like we're, we're just following our words. <laughs> Whatever we say, we just sort of follow. Right? Hi, John. Yeah, our life, our life follows our words. Well, where are your words taking you? Think about it. Think about our marriages and Think about just our Christian walk or our relationships or our job. Where are our words taking us? Because our words follow, our, our life follows our words. I was laying in bed about 2.30 in the morning a few weeks back, and that, that came to me, that idea. I felt like the Lord, the Holy Spirit, spoke that word into my heart. Our, our, our life follows our words. Also, our words have creative power. See, God saw the darkness, but he said the light. In other words, when we see something, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to stay that way. Did you hear me? God is waiting for us to speak what he has to say about that situation so light and life can come. You don't believe me? Look at this. Mark eleven twenty three. 23. That's kind of where we left off last week. Mark eleven twenty three. If you have your Bibles, your notes, something that you can return to later, it says this. Jesus, once again, has just finished cursing the fig tree, and they are freaked out that, he, that what he said happened. And then he says this. He said, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever, how many of you know that includes all of us? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes 
but believes that those things he says, those things he says will come to pass or be done, check it out. He'll have whatever he says. Wow. Notice. It's not talking about a physical mountain. It's talking about the mountains of life. What are you facing? What kind of mountains are you dealing with? We all have our mountains. Not too long ago, I was dealing with a mountain. It was, it was a small mountain, but it was a big mountain. It was a bone infection in my toe. How many of you remember that? And it ended me up in the hospital for eight days. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a small toe, but, I mean, it was a big toe, <laughs> as toes go. Um, but but it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was a big problem. It was a huge problem because it started spreading into my body, and it got real ugly for a while there. And, and I saw the toe, but I said, God, thank you that you're bigger than this infection. Can somebody say amen? You're bigger than this infection. You're, you're, bigger, you're bigger than this cancer a little while ago before that. You're bigger. You're bigger. And I just pray, God, that your power would touch this. And, God, I thank you that I am whole from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And many of you agreed with us in prayer. didn't happen instantly. But over time, God was at work. Come on. Come on. God was at, listen, God's at work in your, in your life. God's at work in your marriage. Why don't we cooperate with him rather than cooperating with the devil? Why don't we speak what God says? I begin to speak by his stripes I have been healed. Did you know that God still does miracles? As we'll find out next week, God still is in the miracle we're working business. Hello? God still does miracles. And then, so we've been, we've been walking this thing out. Then I went to see the infectious disease doc yesterday, or I'm sorry, Friday. And guess what he said? You're healed. He said those very words. He said, that toe's healed. No sign of infection. I had three doctors that wanted to cut that off. They wanted to amputate. Did you hear me? Three doctors. My, my wife will tell you. Matt will tell you. Some of the guys will tell you. Three doctors came in and said, we need to amputate that. We need to amputate that. And if there's any infection past that toe and it's sort of seeped in, we need to take it up to just below the knee. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God. Just so you know. But you've got to give them something to work with. Did you hear me? So the question is, is what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Well, let's divide, define quiet the riot. Okay? Let's just, let's, let's just sort of define. I mean, we've actually got further than we did last week, just so you know. Okay? <laughs> let's define quiet the riot, okay? Quiet the riot. The word riot literally means a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. Okay? That's riot. So, what is, how does that apply to us? Quiet the riot is about silencing the crowd in our minds that won't let us sleep because, because there is a violent disturbance going on on the inside of us. Did you hear me? 
I'm going to say it again just so you got it. Quiet the riot is about silencing the crowd in our minds. Does anyone know what I'm talking about or just me? Quiet, quieting the riot in our minds that won't let us sleep because there is a violent disturbance going on on the inside of us. Telling us why we can't. Telling us why we won't. Telling us why we shouldn't. Telling us all these crazy mixed up things that could go wrong, should go wrong, and will go wrong. Right? I mean, it takes a crowd to have a riot. and There's a riot in our minds. There's a riot that doesn't want to shut off. So for the next several weeks, I mean, Easter's next week, we'll take a break, but for, for the next several weeks, here we go, here we go, we're going to pull out some of those voices of the crowd. We're going to pull out some of those voices of the crowd, and we're going to stand them up here, and we're going to shut them up. Yeah. I almost named this series, Shut Your Mouth. All right, you ready? That's where we're going, okay? We're going to take each week, we're going to pull one of those, 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 those voices out of the crowd. Stand them up here, and we're going to shut them up. The first one I want to pull out of the crowd is, and silence is the character of lies. The character of lies. I want to dismantle the lies we believe about ourselves. Because we live in a world filled with voices, and often those voices are lies. They're lies. I mean, there, there are three different places that we will hear these lies. The first one is, is yourself, okay? If you're taking notes, yourself. You tell, you, you, how many of you know you tell yourself a story a lot? I'm guilty of this myself. I see something and I create from what I see a story. Most of the time, that story is completely wrong or partly wrong. And we create an entire world around us that's destructive, that's hurtful. And I want to dismantle those. We want to pull them out of the crowd, right? We want to pull them on the, out of the crowd and shut them up. So the, the first place that you'll hear lies is yourself. The second place is from others. From others. People telling you lies. Saying things to you or about you or to you about others. We'll get to that one in a few weeks, what that looks like. The third place that you'll hear lies is the devil. I mean, you'll have the enemy whisper in your ear something that is completely untrue. He will lie to you. And if we don't understand, and the Bible says we shouldn't be ignorant of the devil's schemes and strategies, if we don't understand this, we just buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. You have a choice. I have a choice. 
And maybe, maybe some of these lies that you heard, maybe they're very subtle in the beginning. At first, just, you know, just some of the lies of your past, some of the lies, you know, of your childhood. And maybe the seed was planted, some of these lies about you. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was planted by a teacher, maybe when you were in third grade. Or, or maybe, maybe it was planted by a parent. Or maybe some of those lies were planted in you by a coach or a friend. And it, it sort of, it's, it's got into you. And even though I, I know this for me, I, I know from time to time, something that was said back in third grade will come back up. A lie. And, and they'll tell you, you know, you're, the people around you that, that whether it's the devil or others, They'll tell you that you're not fast enough or strong enough or smart enough or good-looking enough or talented enough or tall enough or skinny enough. Lies mess us up. Lies to destroy our life. Here's what I found out. The lies you believe will eventually come out in our language. Did you hear me? The lies that you believe will eventually come out in your language. And then, what did I say before? Our life, what? Follows our words. Check that out. So the words, the, wor- the lies that we believe will eventually come out in our language. And then when we start to speak it in our language, our life just starts to follow our words. And before we know it, our lives are a mess. They're a mess. Our marriages are a mess. See, I refuse to speak negative, critical, demeaning, hurtful things about Vicki. And she refuses to say them about me. Why? Because we are building our marriage, not destroying it. Some of you talk ugly about your spouse, sometimes behind their back, sometimes right to their face. You're framing your world by the words that you speak. Just remember that. And the enemy doesn't play fair. He'll take you out. So the words, the lies that we believe come out in our language, right? Stuff like, you know, you know. If it weren't for bad luck, you know, you can finish it. You know how we say, you know, just, just throw those words around. You know, you know, me and the old lady, the ball and chain. You know. I'm just not wired that way. I can't do it. There's no use. I, I don't even know why I try. I never follow through. I never get breaks. My opinion doesn't matter. I'll never make a difference. I'm a total loser. What's behind the language? What's the backstory? What's the backstory of the lies you believe? Why? Because it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. As you start to speak those things out of your mouth and throw those words out, you know, just, ca- just casually, just bleh, bleh, you know, bleh. You, you don't realize that you're planting seed and your life starts to, What? 
Does what? Come on, help me now. Your life starts to what? Follow your words. See, the lies you believe will come out in your language. So check your language. See, when you check your language, you check some of the things that come out of your mouth, you'll start to understand and see some insight into the lies that you've bought, the lies that you have believed. Here's a tweetable moment for today for those of you on Twitter fear, okay, or whatever you call it. So here's a tweetable moment for the day. The voice you believe determines the life you live. The voices you believe... The voices you believe determines the life you and I choose to live or will live. Some of the examples I could give you hundreds in my life when I was planting this church. You know, the voice of several people, including some pastors from this area, said, I wouldn't go there. You'll die. (laughs) You'll fail miserably. And can I tell you, I had to quiet that riot constantly. I had to quiet that riot, see? That, that, you know, coming to Madison was like, you know, checking into the cemetery. And every now and then it tries to pop back up. It's a riot. Everyone say riot. It's a riot in my head trying to take control of my life, and I can either believe the lie or buy the lie, or I can silence that voice. I mean, what if God, what if God wanted to write a new chapter in our lives? What if God wanted to change things around? So how did the riot have access into my life to begin with? The riot of lies gain access, check this out, through the lies that have been told and spoken over your life. Did you hear me? The riot of lies gain access through the lies that have been told and spoken over your life. You know what I'm talking about. The words that have been spoken about you, to you, the lies of the enemy. He may have used all sorts of people to sow those seeds into your heart and mind to destroy your life or minimize or marginalize your impact in the world and life in general. See, my biggest quiet the riot needs are the lies that were spoken over me. When I was a young person, I was told I was stupid. I was told that I would never amount to anything. Those words were spoken over me. I was told that no one would ever listen to me. I was told that, you would, that I would never be a leader, ever. I was told that I was Dumbo. <laughs> they just came out with a movie about me. <laughs> Have you seen it? <laughs> I 
I can laugh about it now, but I certainly couldn't then. I had big ears. Still do, but my body grew in, right? See, I was told that I was a clumsy ox, a big klutz. I was told I was a nobody. I was told I was a loser. I was told that I didn't come from the right side of the tracks. And those words that were spoken over me and to me, about me, they took root and, and oftentimes enter back into the picture and create this riot in my mind. And sometimes the, the riot I need to quiet is stuff like, you shouldn't be a leader, why don't you just quit? You don't have anything good to say. Where did that come from? The seeds that were planted in my life. See, God wants to write a new chapter in our life. Did you hear me? Where you're at is not where you need to stay. Where you're at is not where you have to stay. Did you hear me? God has a better plan for you. See, you have to choose to believe the truth and not a lie. You have to choose to believe the truth and not a lie. Now, here's the game changer. Here's the game changer. When you understand this next verse, it'll help you understand what I'm talking about. John chapter 8, verse 44. Look at that in your notes or on the screen up here, but make sure you remember it. John chapter 8, verse 44. He, the devil, everyone say the devil. There is a real devil, just so you know. We believe that here at Metro Believers Church. Was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he, who? The devil, lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Notice he's the father of lies. Guess what? He's not your father. He's not your daddy. Did you hear me? You have a new father. You have a new father. You don't have to follow this father. You don't have to follow his lies about you. See, all those things that were said to me or about me when I was younger, I don't have to believe that. I choose not to believe that. I choose to believe what God says about me, not what the father of lies says about me. See, the devil is the father of deception. His number one weapon is to lie and deceive your life. The devil is the riot. Jesus is the truth, amen? He is the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. You have to choose to believe the truth, not the lie. So, so the enemy's two-point plan of attack is real quick, we'll just, we'll just zip through this, real quick, get you, get you to lie to yourselves and others, if you're taking notes, get you to lie to yourselves and others. Did you know that studies show that the average person actually lies about four times a day? <laughs> There was a study done by the University of Massachusetts that says 60% of people 
cannot meet a new person and have a 10-minute conversation without telling at least one lie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that doesn't need to be us. Amen? We have a new father, right? See, so the the second part of his plan is to get you to believe the lies that are told to you. To get you to believe the lies that are told to you. Don't you like our new screens? Aren't they cool? They're crisp. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm almost done, I promise. All right. So, so lies, here's some lies about lies, <laughs> just so you know. See, these are some lies about lies that we believe that, that just aren't true and you need to settle it. First of all, the lie might keep me safe. This lie might keep me safe. You know, if I tell, the tr- if I tell a lie, I won't get into trouble, right? Not true. Second, the lie might make you look better. So you buy the lie and then you start to tell it. The lie may make you look better. Third, the lie, there's a lie, the lie that will help me avoid conflict. If I tell a lie, I'll, you know, I won't get in, we won't have conflict here. I'll just tell this lie. But did you know that sometimes the best relationships are on the other side of conflict? Tightest relationships are on the other side of conflict. Vicki and I had some serious conflict early on in our marriage, but we worked through it. We looked at each other in the eye and we shared our hearts. We worked through it. We talked about it. We hurt each other. And that relationship got tighter and tighter and tighter. Number four, the lie that says it will work better than God's truth. Some people believe that. These are lies about lies. Lies about lies. So three, three ways to silence the voices. And I may revisit this next week or the following week. Three ways to silence the voices. Let's have the worship team come. I'm about ready to be done here. First, say what God says. You want to silence the, vo- silence the voices? Say what God says. Second, and how do, you, how do you say what God says? Huh? Help me, help me. You do what? You speak his word. So when that riot is going on on the inside of you and you can't sleep at night, what, what do we do? We speak his word. We say it is what? Written. It is written. That's what Jesus did. That's how he defeated the enemy. It is written. So whatever you're going through and whatever voices are screaming, the way you silence those voices is you say what God says. You don't try to argue it out in your own thoughts. You don't try to convince or justify based on who you are. No, you're based, you're based on who he is, right? You speak the Next, second, you speak words of life. You speak words of life. See, every now and then at our pastoral t- uh, retreat or t- meetings, we'll, we'll sit people down and we'll speak words of life, and each person will go around and say something that's life-giving about them. And I have one for Vicki up here and one for me. Um, and can I tell you, when, when people speak words of life to you, it is life-giving and life-transforming. You know, it's so easy to say, speak words of death, 
We're wired that way, typically, from childhood, right? And the way we were raised. But God wants us to learn how to speak words of life. See, God saw darkness, but he said light. Don't respond to what you see. Respond to what you say based on who he is. Amen? So speak words of life. Learn to speak words of life to people. Learn to speak words of life about yourself. Don't buy the lie. And last, number three, is speak to the riot. Whatever that voice is, today we're talking about the character of lies how they get established in our life and how, how they destroy us and how they take root, those lies. Before you know it, we begin to repeat those lies and we say them and, and our life follows those lies because our, life's, our life follows words. Let's stand to our feet today. I think every single one of us in this room or watching live stream can relate to this. None of us are exempt from lies. None of us are exempt from people saying things that are destructive to us and about us. But I want to do our best to give us the ammunition we need to overcome and dismantle the enemy when he tries to use those against us. What are you saying? See, if you want to change your words, change your heart. Did you know that? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. So if you want to change what comes out, change what goes in. What's going in? Let's bow our heads. Could we? Father, I pray over this entire church. That you have plans for every single one of our lives. There's not one person in here that is less valuable than another. And Lord, I pray that each one of us would examine our lives and our words and our heart. Because if our, if our lives follow our words and our words follow our heart, it's a heart issue. So how's your heart today? How's your heart today? This morning, if you'd say, you know what? My heart's not healthy. My heart's not good. I need you to pray for me. I want to surrender my life, and I want, I want him to take full control. And I want to arrest the enemy in my life and make a change. Today, I want it to start today. I'm taking this message seriously. If, I, if, if that's you that I just mentioned, would you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? God bless you. 
all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Perhaps you're not a Christian today and you'd say, you know what, I've heard a lot about God, but I've never really surrendered my life to Him. And today, I want, I want to do that. I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And I want to live for Him. If that's you, and you'd say, would you pray for me? Would you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. All right. Father, we just want to take a few minutes and acknowledge who you are in our lives today. And I pray for every single person today, God, that raised their hand. God, you're messing with us. You're showing us. You're teaching us. You're helping us to see things in our life that are different. And God, we want all that you have for us. We want to be transformed. We want to be changed. We want want to uproot and arrest the enemy in our lives. So we surrender. Just say to him, say, I surrender, God. We surrender today to you. We surrender to your ways. We surrender to your word. We surrender our lives to you. And we say, fill our hearts with your love and your capacity. Fill our hearts with your word. We want our life to follow your word. Jesus' name we pray. Now let's just, we're going to sing a song here. That's how we do it here at Metro. Sing a song. And just during this time, would you just spend some time with him, talking to him, surrendering to him, thinking about some things that were shared that touched your heart? Let's just do that together right now, Jesus' name.
as a family or a group of friends, maybe a small group or whatever, to get together and just take that person one at a time and put him in a chair in the middle of the room and just speak words of life to him. Just speak words of life. And have someone capture it, write it down, and then we just had Kristen made these up for us, all of the different pastoral team members and different groups that we've done. And, and I have this one in my office, and Vicki has this one in her office, and she has one at her, her church office, and I have one at my church office that is different. And when we're tempted to believe a lie, we just, we just look up and look at the words of life that are spoken over us. It's a game changer. Please hear me. Just find find a group of friends that you can do that with, or a fam, your family, and and then and then do something so that you can be reminded. Because we forget, don't we? Especially the older we get, <laughs> sometimes you know we forget. And so it's good to have a reminder of how God uses us, how people see us, and how He sees us. Amen. Let's lift our hands for the benediction. Hallelujah. God, we love you so much. We praise you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance, his presence, his face upon you and give you supernatural peace this week. 